You're listening to the Capitol Press Room, and we're turning our attention to the state budget and how it impacted attorneys in the criminal justice system, both on the defense and prosecution side of this balance. To make sense of these issues, we're joined by Kevin Stottlemyre, First Deputy Defender for Erie County's Assigned Counsel Programs Criminal Division, as well as the Legislative Committee Chair for the New York State Association of Criminal Defense Lawyers. Welcome back to the show, Kevin. Thanks, David. Glad to be here. So included in the governor's initial budget proposal was an initiative designed to ensure certain defense attorneys got a boost in their hourly rate while not actually putting the state on the hook for the full cost of that raise. In the final budget, what types of defense attorneys, if any, are poised to see an increase in their hourly rate? And if there is any potential increases, how are they being funded? So it's a great question, David. As you know, we've talked about this a few times over the last uh, couple of years. 18B rate increases have been really a front burner issue for a lot of defense organizations. NYSAC, the New York State Association of Criminal Defense Lawyers, the um, Chief Defenders Association of New York. We've been pushing for a rate increase to match what the federal public defenders get, which is currently $164 an hour. This year, finally, after several years of advocacy and two lawsuits filed against the state, the rate has been increased to $158 an hour. Your your question was, who takes advantage of this? Anybody who takes assigned cases under um, County Law 18B, which is all assigned counsel attorneys, as well as conflict defender programs. And that's not only on the... um, criminal side, but also on the family side. So family court attorneys, uh, attorneys for children who do work on a contract basis, as well as all criminal attorneys will take advantage of this new rate, which is retroactive to April 1st of 2023. Previously, there was a differentiation between misdemeanors and felonies on the criminal side. Misdemeanors have been paid at $60 an hour. Felonies have been paid at $75 an hour that had been in effect since 2004. The new rate is $158 an hour across the board, no matter what type of case you're doing. So it's a a genuine step forward in in the rate. As far as who pays, that's where it gets a little complicated. We've been pushing for several years, not only for an increase in the rate, but for the state to assume responsibility for, if they weren't going to assume responsibility for the entire rate, at least any increase above what the counties currently pay which is $60 an hour and $75 an hour. That rate, again, has been in place for 20 years. Counties have gotten used to paying it. The new scheme calls for the state to contribute just this year 50% toward the rate. So they're contributing $92 million, approximately $92 million. There's some additional money for attorneys for children and some additional money for family, but for criminal and loan, $92 million to cover half the increase just for this year. After this year, there's no change in the law. The counties will be responsible for 100% of the of the rate, which is unfortunately, I think, a cost that many counties cannot support. I think we're going to see you know, some counties, even with having to cover the difference between what they pay now and, and the 50%, having some difficulty. I can tell you, just here in Erie County, the cost is about five million or so dollars that they probably didn't have allocated to the payment of 18B. So. You know, the the bottom line is we're going to be still pushing next year, advocating for the state to pick up 100 percent of the costs. We still do have those two lawsuits. They're outstanding. Both of them call for the state to pick up 100 percent of the increases above 60 and 75 dollars. Those are still ongoing. And and without talking too far out of school, that there's a strong likelihood those are successful and the state ultimately pays. Regardless, we'll still be pushing the state to pay uh, during the next legislative session 
when it kicks off uh, in uh, September, October of next year. Aside from the state's capacity to absorb the cost of increasing these wages, is there anything else about the state and its role in, say, the defense process that would require the state to pick up the tab? You know, we've often argued and we were successful in arguing back in uh, when the Hurl Herring lawsuit was decided that, you know, constitutionally, the state should be responsible for mandated representation. That's representation in criminal and family court. It was something that was agreed to in Hurl Herring that the state understood that it was their responsibility to provide quality representation to persons who, who are indigent in, in New York State for, for these services. And we've long, you know, seen support for that not only in the United States Constitution, but also I think in the in the New York State Constitution. So, you know, again, I think there's some pretty strong legal underpinnings for the state being, you know, responsible for these costs, and and them at this point trying to get out from underneath it. I, I don't know if it's a a soft shoe to get the entire cost funded next year. Perhaps the governor's office and the the assembly and the senate didn't want to do the entire vote this year and figured that maybe next year with a little less pressure on they they could get something done. But again, you know, we've been pushing in the lawsuits that the state fund this 100%. Again, I think we've got some support constitutionally and in in prior uh, jurisprudence to support that position. And that will continue to be our position because foisting it on the counties to be administered differentially, you've got different legislatures in the counties, you've got different priorities. Some counties are really good with working with us. Some counties are not so good with working with us. So having one agency fund it, which we would hope it would go through ILS, the Office of Indigenous Legal Services, would be really the desired quantity here. Is there a geographical differentiation in these rate hikes that we've been talking about, or will they be applied across the board? They'll they'll be applied across the state. The, The governor's initial proposal was to split the rate between upstate and downstate, and that had been reflected, I believe, in the Senate's proposal as well. Uh, we were able to argue that there, there was substantial damage that would be done um, if you split the rate between upstate and downstate. You know, aside from some from some equal protection claims constitutionally that would have been raised. You know, how do you tell you know the the adjoining counties? One county has got one hundred and fifty eight dollars an hour. The other county's got one hundred and nineteen dollars an hour. You know, we would have a very difficult time getting defenders to represent people in those one hundred and nineteen dollar an hour counties. They would simply just cross the border in the one hundred and fifty eight dollar an hour counties and do work. So, I think the governor's office. And the Assembly and the Senate, you know, in the final analysis understood those concerns, which is why we do not have a split in the rate. It's one rate across the state for for all cases. And does this budget do anything to change caps on hours that defense attorneys can work and get paid for? It doesn't it it doesn't change the number of hours. Previously, there there were caps on the cases, uh, $2,400 for misdemeanors, uh, $4,400 for felonies. But there's language in the statute that allows in in the way it's termed as extraordinary circumstances to petition for more in the event that you go over. The cap has been increased in the new legislation to $10,000. So if you you are billing over $10,000, you need to go to the judge in which the case was in front of and present an affidavit explaining why you would need those additional funds. Um, in our experience, it, it depends what judge you're in front of. It depends what county you're in. In Erie County, our experience has been that if we go to a judge with, with an extraordinary circumstances affidavit, it's almost always granted, unless there's some real crazy reason why you wouldn't. We haven't seen that across the state, which is another reason why we're going to be pushing to either water down the extraordinary circumstances language or do away with the caps completely. I don't think we'll be able to do away with the caps completely, but at least getting 
some standard that's lower than exceptional circumstances is probably something we're going to be working toward next year as well. The governor in her state budget made investments in prosecutors as well, essentially designed to help district attorney's offices recruit and retain their staff. Did any of that money make it into the final budget? It did. So the governor's office has provided a good deal of money for prosecutors, and she's done it in two separate pots. There's one pot for funding for discovery implementation, which I can talk a little bit about. And there's another pot, which you just talked about, which is for prosecutorial services. The discovery pot is $80 million allocated, $40 million to New York City, $40 million to Upstate. The prosecutorial services money, which I think you were just referencing to promote retention, to add some additional support staff, is $47 million. We're not 100% sure exactly how that's going to get broken down. DCJS is, is the responsible agency for determining how that money gets distributed and what it gets distributed for. But clearly, the governor's office uh, decided to make an investment in in the prosecution. Obviously, public safety was a huge uh, platform for better or for worse during this budget cycle for her. What we're very interested to see is is in the discovery uh, implementation. You know, obviously, defenders have fought very hard and fought very hard again this session to maintain discovery. You know, no discovery changes made it into the budget, but that's not because they didn't want them there. The governor's office uh, pushed very hard for discovery changes this year. Defenders fought back vociferously, really pointing to the idea that, hey, listen, you changed the law in 2019, but you didn't give us any money to actually implement it. You didn't give the prosecutors money to hire more people. You didn't give us any money for technology, either on the prosecution or defense side. So give us the funding we need, and we will show you that the the incredible reform that was put in place in 2019 actually does work. So we were heartened, you know, not only to fight back and beat back um, the governor's call for changes to discovery, but also finally getting some funding, not only on the prosecution side, but also on the defense side for implementation. So yeah, there's there's significant dollars that have been committed, not only to prosecution services and discovery implementation on that side, but also for defense funding and defense services as well. Is the distribution of discovery funds appropriate? I mean, appropriate, it's not equal. I, I guess if that's the, the question, is it equal? It's not. Um, no, is it what the two sides in this equation need? Maybe they don't need to be equal. Is it equitable? It's 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 money we absolutely needed. It'll take a little time to figure out whether it's it's um, all we need. In terms of you know what defense is going to be using this money for, we're going to be using it to hire staff, paralegals in you know in the institutional offices, the big institutional providers. They're going to hire more staff to to call through the discovery, to put it together in a way that the defenders can look at it and, and see whether it's everything. There's a big push to try and get some really big technology fixes that will really kind of ease the way to getting discovery from law enforcement agencies to prosecutors' offices to the defense. So whether it's it's everything we need, we won't quite know for a while, but it is a significant step in the right direction. I mean, we're going from zero money for discovery implementation on the defense side to $40 million for next year. Um, that, that's a significant investment. And again, how that gets allocated, it's going to be going through DCJS. So we're not quite really sure yet how it's going to get allocated. But for the big offices and, and certainly for eight, big 18B providers like the Erie County Assigned Council Program, that money is going to be extraordinarily valuable in helping us implement this this great system we, we put into, into effect four years ago. Do you think there's any benefit to defense attorneys and their clients 
as the result of the increased investment in recruitment and retention of prosecutors, is there any way that benefits uh, your side of the street? You know, I, I'm never one to say that, you know, more law enforcement and more prosecutors are, are a good thing. But, you know, I think if we're going to look for a silver lining in, in the addition of, of law enforcement, you can say that perhaps cases will move a little bit more efficiently. You know, not that I've seen a tremendous bogging down of cases. I mean, we, we have seen things move move swiftly. But to the extent that people have gotten the idea, either through media narrative or law enforcement narrative, that somehow defenders have gotten the upper hand in the fight in the courtrooms uh, because of discovery implementation and prosecutors, either inability to, to meet um, the standards that were set forth or in some cases, you know, outright ignoring the standards to, to maybe prove the contrast that between the previous law and the new law. The fact that they've gotten funding now, they're given a little bit less excuse to say that this doesn't work. Um, now that the governor's office is providing them money, um, giving them voluminous resources, providing them the things that they've said they've needed since 2019, I'm hoping that there's going to be a little bit less griping, or at least there'll be less credence given to the griping when they say that discovery doesn't work and we can't make this happen because they've been really calling for funding. I mean, there was, you know, that's that's basically been their their clarion call since this went into effect. Well, we've been speaking with Kevin Stottlemyre. He's the first deputy defender for Erie County's Assigned Counsel Programs Criminal Division, as well as the Legislative Committee Chair for the New York State Association of Criminal Defense Lawyers. Kevin, thank you so much for making the time. I really appreciate it. Anytime, David. Thanks so much. Support for the Capitol Press Room provided by the New York State AFL-CIO, a federation of 3,000 unions fighting for working people by keeping New York State union strong. Visit unionstrongny.org for more information. Join us again for Capitol Press Room, a production of WCNY Connected, Syracuse.